I've said this all year and I sort of laughed when people said Aaron signed a three year 150 deal or four year $200 million deal. No, he signed a one year $42 million deal with an option in 2023 that can or can't be exercised that he can be traded or retired. We'll see. This is the pivot point. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I'm your host, Andrew Brandt. We are presented, as always, by DraftKings. We're produced by Jack Connell, the musical producer. That music you hear is my older son, Sam. Check him out, Boy Blue Tunes. Hope you enjoy that. I am coming to you from Miami. I'll explain why in a minute, and I will give you a Brandt's Rants podcast this week. Lot to get into. We've been jumping over the place with guests the past few weeks. It's time to sail in with a Brant's Rants podcast. So much going on at the end of the NFL season. A couple other notes going on. I'll get to all of it. People have been asking me about Aaron Rodgers' contract, of course, asking me about Derek Carr's contract, asking me about Kyler Murray's contract now that they fired the GM and the coach. Okay, let's get to it. Let me first say this right off the bat. I come to you from Miami. I am in the last week before my semester at Villanova begins, which is a really nice life to be a professor and have all the time to do different things. So my last class at Villanova was November 18th. I start the next semester, January 18th. So that's a full two months. And as many of you know, I like to explore. I like to travel. I like to see my sons. I like to move around. Uh, My home base is Philadelphia, but I've probably been in Philadelphia over the past two months, maybe four or five days, spending a lot of time in Dallas. I spent time in West Virginia. I spent time in Hawaii and now Miami. The University of Miami has an intercession between semesters where they do these one-week mini courses. It's an immersive class. It's 15 hours over five days. So I am doing that, and I am in day four, as we speak here, of my one-week class at University of Miami. I've had Joe Pompliano come in, who lives down here. I got Alonzo Highsmith coming in today. I worked with him at the Packers, who's a big star at University of Miami and is now the GM of the Miami football program down here. And we're going to do a negotiation exercise. They're going to be agents for Daniel Jones and or Saquon Barkley negotiating with the Giants. We'll see how that goes. But Again, life is short. I'm in a fortunate position to sort of do what I like, when I like, where I like. And I know, I know I'm extremely fortunate to be able to do that in this beautiful weather in Miami, albeit teaching three, three and a half hours a day. Um, I'll be honest. If I was asked to do an intercession one-week course in January in <laughs> pick, a city, pick a area in Michigan, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northeast, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not doing that. University of Miami, I'm doing it. Okay. Let's get to the issues at hand. And I'll start with my old team, which I still have a lot of loyalty to. People ask why. I'm not even sure. I think it's because of my kids growing up there and still maintaining that fandom. The Green Bay Packers, less than a week ago, were eliminated from the NFL playoffs. That's such a foreign concept to someone that has been a fan and been part of the 
and a part of the team for 10 years. In my 10 years there, that only happened once, once. And I don't know how many times it's happened since, maybe twice. The Green Bay Packers are not part of the NFL playoffs. I was stunned. I was shocked Sunday night where they lost the Lions at home, all set up for them with Seattle winning and the Lions having nothing to play for. And everyone said the Lions will play hard. I thought they'd play hard, but I didn't think they'd win. They did win. Packers are out. And listen, there have been a lot of gutting losses at the end of the season for the Packers. This was a little gutting, but in sports, you have to realize there are times when you have the team. And you know it sometimes as a fan, but more often as an employee. Sometimes you know you got the team. And that team can do some really good things, like win it all. The Packers did not have that team this year. Can you know? I let more experienced football people explain why, but they didn't have that team. And Aaron was playing a different game this year than he has in recent years. We had that team a couple times when I was there. We had that team when we lost the championship game to the New York Giants in overtime, when Brett threw an interception in overtime, we had home field advantage in minus two degrees and somehow lost to the Giants. We had that team early in my career, 2003, I believe, where we're playing the Eagles and they had a fourth and 26 to extend the game and converted. We had that team. We didn't have that team this year at the Packers. So even my boys, my sons, we're not as gutted as we were. And then these losses in recent years. Oh, my God, the Packers losing to the Cardinals one year in the playoffs where Aaron had two Hail Marys on the same drive. The Cardinals lose. I mean, the Packers losing to the Seahawks that year. Oh, my God, that was a gutting loss in the NFC Championship. Um, Terrible. And the Packers losing to the Giants again in that year where the Packers were home and favored and all those things. And, of course, last year losing to the 49ers. These are gutting losses. This year, stunned that they lost, but not gutted. Okay, let's get to Aaron. As expected, he doesn't know what he's going to do. He's going to take his time. Reports are he's meeting with the team. We'll see what happens. Listen, let's get to the contract. He has $60 million this year, guaranteed. It's in form of option. If it's not exercised, it's in the form of salary. Bottom line is he got $60 million. And if they trade him or he retires, in one way or another, they'll take on a $40.5 million cap hit. Basically, the cap hit the Falcons took on with Matt Ryan last year. Um, Listen, first on the cap hit, I was there. I would never uh, structure contracts like that. I believe in pay as you go. I was a much more conservative cap manager, but I don't fault the Packers. They have been pushing out money. They have been playing the Rams type of game a win now because of this window with Aaron Rodgers. And we're in a different era with dead money. To me, dead money of $10 million was way over the top. Now you've got the Carson Wentz example a couple of years ago, the Eagles taking on $34 million while Wentz played for the Colts. You've got the Falcons taking on $40 million while Ryan played for, yes, again, the Colts. And now will they take on $40 million of Rodgers, whether all in this year or 15 this year, 25 next year, depending on what happens? They probably will. And the reason I say they will is this contract is structured in such a funky way where unlike 95% of contracts, the dead money goes up in future years, not down, up. So if the Packers continue on with Aaron in 2024, their dead money's in the 60 range. Now it's in the 40 range. 
which shows me this is a pivot point for the contract. I've said this all year, and I sort of laughed when people said Aaron signed a three-year, 150 deal or four-year, $200 million deal. No, he signed a one-year, $42 million deal with an option in 2023 that can or can't be exercised, that he can be traded or retired. We'll see. This is the pivot point. Everyone's asking, what do I think? If, you know, my, my mealy-mouthed answer is 33% he stays, 33% he's traded, 33% he retires. I don't know. I was right in 2021 where I said he would definitely be back. I was wrong in 2022 where I said he would leave. And here we are. I don't know. I don't stay in touch with Aaron. But I knew, do know this. This is a pivot point. So if I had to gun to my head, I say this is the pivot point to Jordan Love. And the symmetry continues. The symmetry of drafting Jordan Love and the same night, 15 years later, when you had a Hall of Fame quarterback and you draft a quarterback. The symmetry of Jordan Love serving three years as an apprentice to Aaron, just like Aaron served three years as an apprentice to Brett. The symmetry of the team, while loving the superstar, feeling it's time. The symmetry of the player would be different because Brett thought it was time, but then it wasn't time. If Aaron walks away, he's not coming back. Obviously with a trade, but also if he retires, I don't see Aaron. I see him more like Andrew Luck. He's done. It's gone. So that's where we are. I think it's more likely than not he's not a Packer. Okay? So like I said, I think a third percentage, he's a Packer. A third, he's another team. And I give it a third that he retires. Aaron, as we know, is very zen. So everyone's saying, well, he would never walk away from $60 million. Are we sure about that? Are we sure about that? <laughs> I'm not. And I also think there's precedent with Brett on something else. When we had the messy divorce, I wasn't involved in the offer, but I know that Mark Murphy and the team was offering him roughly $20 million to be a goodwill ambassador for the Packers and walk away. Would they do that to Aaron? And if you take multiple of 2008 price of $20 million, is that $30 million now? Give Aaron half of what he's owed just to walk away if he retires? Maybe. 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 <laughs> I mean, listen, nothing's off the table with this. Everything's negotiable. And I feel, as I've said throughout this segment here, it's a pivot point. It's time to make a decision. But if Aaron comes back, this is no long-term decision. It's clearly year to year at this point. So if he comes back, it's for this year. They'll still have a year left with love and they can exercise the option. So they'll have two years left with love. If he doesn't come back, they move to love. Listen, they're not moving anywhere else. They're moving to love. Let's get that straight. When I was with the Packers, everyone said, you're not really going to go to Aaron after Brett. You're going to bring in some stopgap veteran like Kerry Collins or Chris Chan. I'm like, no, no, we're moving to Aaron. And the Packers are moving to love. There's no question they're moving to Jordan Love. Okay. That's my Packer rant, both on the team losing, Aaron's future, the team's future, and this possibility of a middle ground between turning his back on $60 million and walking away with, pick a number, $30 million. Okay. Speaking of quarterbacks in the same division, Chicago Bears have a number one pick in a fortuitous circumstance last week with Houston actually winning a game. 
Then you have Justin Fields, who they picked number one a couple of years ago. This idea that they're going to trade Justin Fields and take maybe Bryce Young. I, I just want to say it. No, not happening. They are not trading Justin Fields. Now, could someone make a completely stupid offer with a couple of all-pro players and first-round picks? I guess. But they're not trading Justin Fields. I mean, for another version of Justice Field, Justin Fields that I let's just put that to bed. They're not trading Justin Fields. Okay. They invested in this player. He's their franchise. They're not trading Justin Fields. Okay, let's get that out of the way. Other thing with the NFL, it's the end of the season. It's a very uh, final time of the season where people are, uh, you know, I just remember these days, whether you lose last game of the season or in playoffs that Monday, that's really Black Monday. Forget about the coaching part of it. That's where players clean out their lockers. Coaches are walking around in in wearing actual clothes, not just team-issued sweats. And uh, players are packing up. And by noon or one o'clock on those days, the locker room's empty. The building's empty. Uh, And you have a three, four-month period where no one's around. I mean, it's literally the shining in NFL facilities for the next three months. Now, there's 18 teams in that position now. There could be six more after this weekend. Wow. I mean, it's a very final time. People are out quick, you know, and they're not even allowed by the CBA to come back for a few months. So we'll see, you know, and then I always <laughs> laugh at the story where it's like you're a camp director and you say goodbye to the kids leaving for the summer. And there were players that would always look at me and say, hey, Andrew, do you have to stay here in Green Bay? Do you have to stay here? I'm like, yeah, it's my job. <laughs> I've got to stay here. So that always amused me. But the final time, now we go to coaching searches. We have five openings. Three of them were known before the end of the season. Denver, um, Indianapolis, and Carolina. And then, of course, two new ones with Arizona and Houston. Sean Payton is rumored to be within talks with uh, three of those, with Denver, with Arizona, and with Houston. You know, I think this this Sean Payton thing's like the Sean Watson thing, obviously completely different circumstances, but teams need to pre-qualify their trade offers because you got to trade for them with the Saints and maybe talk to him. Maybe it's being done differently. Maybe he talks to the team, and then when he picks the team, the team then starts negotiating with the Saints. But this is a two-part negotiation with Sean Payton. You have to agree that he wa- he wants to be your coach. You have to agree on the money, and then you have to agree on the compensation. So it's complicated. I kind of thought Sean Payton would always go back to the Saints and not deal with the compensation because it may be high, maybe first round pick or more. But we will see where he wants to go and whether that team will match the Saints price. So in some ways, it's probably a good deal for the Saints that Sean Payton goes somewhere because they can play off each other and get a nice package for a coach, not a player. Okay, the last a couple other football pieces the Hamlin thing. It's just miraculous. And I, I know we have to start off saying, Hey, he's 24 and he's in great health, but there was word that he left Cincinnati. I'm like, left Cincinnati. What, what? Like he went from ICU to the street and then he's in Buffalo, but he was getting tests. Okay. He was not just walking the streets without supervision. He goes to Buffalo. He gets a round of tests, which I assume included EKG and a battery of heart tests because they were going to work him up cardiac-wise 
uh, to determine if there are any vulnerability or precondition that caused the, the event. He's out. He's walking around. <laughs> Again, 24 years old and in great health. That's a big part of it. But it happened like, wow. I'm just like, wow. Every update on DeMar Hamlin, I'm just like, wow. Wow. And I know he's 24 and he's great shape. But wow. That's all I can say. He is out there. Will he go to the game? I don't know if doctors will let him go to the game in terms of walking out, which would obviously make the place go bananas. Sit in a box, maybe. Medical supervision, I hope. Maybe I'm being too cautious here. But I'm like, wow. Damar Hamlin is walking around Buffalo right now. Probably in the facility. And what a moment that is for him to be back there. My God. Great news. Last piece of news on the NFL, the Amazon numbers are out for 2022, which, of course, is the first season of exclusive streaming on Amazon. So any comparison with 2021 is going to be skewed in terms of households. And it's down from 2021. Of course, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but 2021 was Fox, was NFL Network and Amazon. 2022 for the next 10 years now is only Amazon. So the numbers are down in terms of overall viewership, average viewership, I think was 9 million compared to like 12 million of last year. That's ridiculous because you're comparing streaming to three networks. But Amazon has to be thrilled as the NFL, as advertised because of these demographic numbers. The 18 to 34 category is up like 12% from last year with Amazon only. The affluence, the wealth of household income is at 80 something thousand dollars versus 60 something thousand dollars. The stickiness, the people on Amazon stay with the broadcast. Uh, at, I think the average viewer was 85 minutes compared to 76 minutes for 2021. This is all trending well for Amazon. I mean, it's perfect. Amazon is in year one of 11 years of controlling Thursday nights. Jeff Bezos doesn't need a team, he's got a night. He's got Thursday night. There's 32 teams. There's only seven nights. So good for him. Good for Amazon. And it bodes well for Amazon deeper into sports as the NBA rights package opens up as they're starting to negotiate. They'll be a player and they have shown the NBA, like, look at what we can do in the key demos. Forget overall numbers. 18 to 34, wealth of household income and stickiness uh, of engagement. Wow. Okay. Speaking of the NBA, game coming up Friday, San Antonio hosting the Warriors. News comes out they're hosting it at the Am- Am- I'm sorry, Alamo Dome. Okay, so not in a basketball arena, in a football stadium. It's going to be the largest game, uh, largest attendance for a basketball game ever, ever. The power of the Warriors, the power of the NBA. Yeah, I wonder if it could be a team other than the Warriors. I don't know, maybe the Lakers, maybe... The Bucks. I don't know, but they're picking the Warriors and Steph Curry, 63,000 people. It's sort of reminiscent of a Final Four. Um, I've been to Final Fours. You know, they, they prop up that floor on a, um, on, a, on, a basketball, on a football stadium. Uh, so that's what's going on. I think, you know, regular season. We've seen uh, events. But this is going to be a regular season basketball game, 63,000 people. Okay, I think that's it. A couple more comments about teaching this week. 
these students came back a week early to hear me for a week. I know Miami's not the worst place to come back early, but these are really students that are invested. I tell young people all the time, you want to you want to make an impression, do more than the average person, do more than the pack. And in this group, I've seen that. They came back early. They have been continuing to offer, can I do help for you? Can I do research? I've had a couple do some research just because it was sort of in my mind and they've done that. And one woman in the class has done something that is very impressive because what I talk about a lot, I've talked about on this podcast, I've talked about it in speeches, in a, in a way to make yourself different. Come to meet someone or present yourself someone with more than just a handshake and a smile. Do you have a writing sample? Do you have something about you? Do you have something telling people about your passions? Um, so a woman brought a writing sample and all, all about her to me as she uh, entered the class. That's impressive. Okay. You're going to remember things like that. You're going to look for people that go the extra mile, that do things that other people don't want to do. The most successful people in life do the things that most people don't want to do. The most successful people in life have an inherent sense of self-discipline and self-motivation. They're not doing it for status. They're not doing it for money. They're not doing it for prestige. They're not doing it for followers. They're not doing it for other people. They're doing it because of who they are. It's just who they are. Are you the type of person that works out every day? Are you the type of person that eats well, that cares about your health, that cares about other people, that visits people, that keeps in touch with relationships? It's just who you are. Again, I'm saying this because I've been rewriting the Atomic Habits book by James Clear that is so good in terms of life, how to live a, a meaningful life. Anyway, just a thought here as we end this podcast. We are in a flux time. We have the NFL playoffs coming up. My picks for the Super Bowl, Philadelphia Eagles v. Cincinnati Bengals. Check back in a month, see where that is. Okay, guys, all my uh, ways to follow me, please do. That newsletter is taken off. It's uh, getting more popular. If you're not already getting it, just go to andrew-brandt.com. Easy way to sign up. If you really want more of me and videos every day and meetings every week, andrew-brandt.com slash SBL, the Sports Business League. I do videos every day and I do meetings every week. Twitter, Andrew Brandt, Instagram, where I do reels now every day, Andrew Brandt 2, and of course, columns at Sports Illustrated and this unique podcast. If you like it, please give us a rating, share it with a friend, tell all your people about the Business of Sports podcast. Thanks to producer Jack Connell, my son, Sam Brandt, our musical producer. I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.